So did you, Warwick, ever have an imaginary friend when you were a kid? Michaela, no. Oh, that was a very good question. No. What about you? Well, I was an only child. Well, you must have had. So I had a lot of imaginary friends. (laughs) Actually, I did have imaginary friends because I never had any real ones. Yeah. Oh. No, I used to play Monopoly by myself. (laughs) How does that work? Well, you had rules. So, like, whatever you landed on, you had to buy. Right, so I had all these rules, so... I, I don't know whether to feel sad or scared. No, so I went to, um, once, because I had older parents as well, like they were in their 40s when I was young and back then, you know, 40 odd years ago, that was mm-hmm. pretty old, so we never did anything. Steady. Hopefully mum isn't listening. And then uh-huh. um, I was playing double skipping rope with the letterbox, <laughs> so like I, I'd jump into it with one hand and... And then I'd jump in like oh. I was skipping with people. Hey, hey, listeners, everybody on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh. Someone drove past our house and said that was the saddest thing they've seen. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradings Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome to another episode of the top business podcast for tradies. The Tradies Business Show, That's where it. we we play jump rope with the letterbox. <laughs> wow. Oh, that explains a lot about you, Mikhail. I am. I'm, I'm an only child. Had, <laughs> no wonder you're so creative. Yeah. You've got to be when you're only kid. Dear idea. All right. Well, rather than playing jump rope with your own letterbox... Thanks for tuning into the Tradies Business Show, <laughs> where you don't have to be all alone. You've got us. You can be joined by us pair of idiots. And uh, even better than that are some of our cool guests. Yes. And today we have uh, we had a really good interview with these guys. Yeah, it's another real tradie case study, which are always popular episodes. People love hearing about, uh, you know, the, the good and the bad that comes with running a business and from hearing people that are doing it firsthand and what the mistakes they've made and lessons learnt. And today is uh, Thomas Joinery, um, a young guy, started out seven years ago, built it up to a 12-person um, business, and it seems to be very successful. Mm. A lot of stress and a lot of commitment that's going into it as they're growing. But it's a really great story, I think. Um, and, you know, there's a lot that I think pe- listeners will see themselves in this story, mm. especially about the hours worked and, and the and the commitment to the business. Yeah. And if, if ever you have said the phrase... I don't know that much about business or I don't know anything about business, you need to listen to this episode right the way to the end. I know you do anyway, uh, but these guys just have so many great lessons if you've ever said that about yourself. So uh, enjoy our chat, Fireside Chat. No, that's somebody else's podcast. Mm. Uh, With Taryn and Dave from Thomas Joinery. So it's another real tradies story today in the podcast studio with... Thomas Joinery, and we have Dave and Taryn Thomas joining us. Welcome, guys. G'day Welcome. Guys. Hello, how are you? <laughs> We're just talking about how you're a bit out of your comfort zone here, Dave, so uh, good to see you, mate. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, so tell us a bit about Thomas Joinery, who are you, what you do, but but also a bit of the background, like how did you come to be standing in this uh, amazing studio today, Dave? Uh, yes, I did my apprenticeship as a cabinet maker uh, 16, started 16 years ago. And I went through my trade doing that, and then I started with a smaller company doing shop fitting. Uh, pretty much looked after his factory probably for seven years, and then decided I thought it'd be 
easy and I did it myself and we've been going for just a bit over seven years now. Uh, there's 12 of us and yeah, it seems to be going pretty well. So how did you, like what was the progression to go from just yourself, I'm guessing, or yourself and Taryn to 12 now? Uh, the old boy gave me a hand. He came along board and uh, he helped me for probably for two years and I put a first year on, which is, he's still with me now. Uh, I think we sent your dad into early retirement. Yes, we did send him to the 80-hour <laughs> weeks. It was a little bit much for him. But yeah, yeah, worry about. We started doing that, and just over the years, we've just seemed to be doubling our work turnover and the 80-hour weeks. We just needed more boys on the floor just to um, do the joinery. So we've ramped up the joinery component more than the shop fitting component. So Yeah, right. So we've got a bigger shed. Um, we moved factories last year. Moved factories last year. Yep, yep. Um, so... Was there a point where you went through that thing that I, I see a lot of trade business owners in particular go through of, geez, I've got to employ someone or I've got to sort of go from just a couple of us to three or four of us. Was there a threshold for you? Was there a, a tipping point in that growth progression? I think last probably a year and a half ago, we put four people on within two, three months mm. just because we had so much turnover and I just couldn't get the work out. It's never really been a calculated decision to employ people. It's really been on an as-needed basis. The work's there. We've got to gear up. Mm, mm. And I suppose it's just never really quietened down. This year's probably been our quietest year on record, but we've done a lot of – we've moved factories. We've had a lot of expense. Yeah, we spent a lot of up doing, uh, doing up the factory and put a lot of more office people on, a project manager on. New yeah. machinery. New machinery. So it's just kind of uh, evolved, really. Like you, you haven't sat down and said, "All right, we're at this decision point. Uh, we either go big or stay small." No, because no. it's something that that I find a lot of um, business owners talk about is this idea that you either have to be really big or stay small, and this whole middle ground freaks a lot of people out. Personally, I don't believe in it. I don't think there is there is a middle ground. It's just growth. Uh, but a lot of people have this idea that you have to be huge to actually make it profitable. And what's your experience with the way the business has grown? Is it is it worth being bigger, or do you do you ever wish it was just you? Oh, what <laughs> what I've found is since I'm was probably the best tradie in my company. Now I'm off the tools 100. percent So I've lost a tradie out of the company, like to get hands-on stuff done. That will do 80-hour weeks, which I don't have to pay 80-hour weeks. <laughs> So now I'm in the office and now I've got to employ someone that's obviously not as passionate about it as I am, um, which it's a, it has been a, a tough mm. thing. And I think having more people doesn't mean you get more stuff done either. I think I've found that in the, all right, we've gone from eight to 12, but it doesn't mean we're doing a lot more work. It's just, yep. I don't know, it's about being managing the workflow and getting systems in place where... I can put people on which they don't have to think about yep. everything. they just got to do their job and I think that's where we're at at this point. We're trying to make it more profitable mm. by getting the hours down. I think last year we had, was it 300 hours of overtime? Was, mm. was it about 300? Or? Oh, it was a ridiculous, it was a ridiculous amount. Ouch. <laughs> Sorry, no, it was 25% of our work was in overtime, so it was massive. Jeez. Yeah, so we spent a lot of money on overtime, which mm. is very costly. Mm. Mm. I bet your employees loved you. 
Everyone loves me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great that you actually know that. So, I yeah. mean, there's an important lesson there about knowing your numbers and identifying areas in your business where you can improve and increase productivity and things like that. So something we're always saying is make sure you know your numbers. Yeah, so it's yeah. good to hear. At least you are aware of that, knew the numbers and are doing something. I employed someone that knows the yeah. numbers. I, um, I, or even I think, took that step. Yeah, I think yeah. it was probably a year ago. I just didn't even know how much money I made on each job because we're so busy. I'd just finish it and go, thank right. goodness that's finished. We'll jump on the next one. But yeah. I never actually sat down had time just to work out. Yep. We didn't make anything or we made really good money on that. And were you surprised when you did start to review it on a per-project basis? Some of the jobs that I I personally couldn't wait till they finished. We're yep. one of the most profitable jobs that we've had. So it's yeah. changed my <laughs> mind a little bit of what we actually should target and have a preferred... Um, a tiered level of clients now. Yeah, so yeah. Um, in October last year, Dave came home and fired me, essentially, from <laughs> the office role. Um, we got three kids as well, so it was all becoming a little bit too much. And so we employed someone with the skills that I didn't have um, with those analysis. Um, she's awesome with Excel, so all those types of things. And that's how we've now got all of these these numbers that Dave has a better idea. And we've got this tiered level of clients now, like a gold, silver and bronze. Um, and now, yeah, so we've got a better idea of who is making us the most money and where we should delegate our time, I guess. Mm. What's what's one of the toughest? Um, everyone likes to ask these questions, but they they do bring out such good insight into a business. Is what's some of the toughest lessons you've learned in the last seven years? It, I mean, it doesn't have to be about the business specifically. I mean, as as husband and wife team in a business that brings with it its own set of challenges as well. And, and Taryn's grinning as I say that, but uh, or, or grimacing. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> and Dave's gone quiet, but. Um, what's some of the big lessons you guys have learned? Uh, a couple of years ago, we took on Indrapelli. We, I thought I'd hang out with some big boys, and um, I took on too much work, and realised that I had zero systems in place. So, when I was on the tours, because we were running three, three or four shops there, there was no organisation at all. Uh, we ended up doing seven weeks of a hundred-hour weeks, and my pay went from. Six to seven grand to about twenty-five grand a week. Mm. So I've learnt, I learnt a lot of lessons from that. Realised that I had no real structure in the company since I've moved out of it, out off the tools side of it. I realised I just winged the whole lot. But I was because I think about work like every second of the day. So yep. it was always in my head. But I realised it's not always in everyone else's head. So I learnt a big lesson there. Um, we got through it. Lucky for the unions, they closed a lot of sites down so actually we did eventually make it mm. um but that was a big learning curve but i think that was also as a result of in about the third year we like nearly went under we didn't have um yeah we didn't have any work so we've always been in the minds that we just take everything on that we can and we'll make it work and because dave's a bit of a workhorse that's been the case and we've always made it work and the shops have always opened on time but a lot of the time it has been to the um you know, the detriment of Dave's physical, mental, stress, family life. <laughs> We've mm. all kind of taken a back seat to, mm. to getting it done. So how have you dealt with that, Dave? I mean, uh, you know, being a, a, the traditional workhorse, sort of keep the mouth closed and the head down, but um, you're not an old bloke. Well, you don't look that old. No, uh, no, no, I'm not, not that old. <laughs> I started pretty young. Uh, I'm not good at all with stress, so I'm, I'm managing, trying to manage that. I'm still not... I, 
still suck at that big time. Uh, I just suppose it's just we're pretty committed because we've got the big overheads and stuff like that. I don't. I know it's getting to a point now where I'm, I've done that for seven years. It's not. I don't know. You don't really see the bottom line. Like you don't. It's not like we're bringing in millions of dollars back home. So I've just got to step step back a little bit and. We were talking um, on the way up here about, you know, not having any goals as well. So we don't um, – We've at the moment we've got nothing to work towards. We're just working. So, um, you know, yeah, chatting about that on the way up here just, yeah, just half an hour ago. And I think that if we have – if we've got something to work towards, especially because we know we are committed for the next two years, it will help both of us and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, definitely in a business, people um, underplay the role goals can actually have. Like, it is such a simple thing, and they also make goals. But you've just said you're just, like, on the, you know, rat wheel going around, but you don't really know where you're going or what you're doing it for. I think when you see that end thing in sight, whether it's taking more time off or stepping away from the business more or expanding, whatever it is that you want, both personally and for the business, it really can make a big difference in your drive and the decision that you make is a lot easier. So I think people really do... I know you're a big goal freak as well, Warry. Mm. I've probably changed my view on goal setting a little in recent times, and uh, and I I have another podcast which I'm not going to plug, <clears throat> but uh, but with my my other co-host we talk about setting intention more so than than setting goals. And personally, I've actually found it to be quite a powerful shift in because the whole goal setting thing we sit down you write down i want a jet ski i don't want an overseas holiday and i want to pay the house off and retire and all that kind of real world stuff um but just setting the desire and the intention looks at that a little differently it's not to say that you don't want for those things but it can actually i find cause a bit of a, a headspace shift around um i think the way you take stress on board in getting to those goals, um, so the intention becomes a bit more broad. I haven't explained that very well. Go listen to the other podcast. Which is uh, throw butter on the barbie. <laughs> but uh, but it's definitely just. I mean, my dad was a builder, and he pretty much worked his backside off uh, month after month, year after year, until he couldn't work anymore. And every every Christmas time, it was kind of the the tradey thing of you run like hell until December and then you look at the books maybe or you just stop and go how'd we go we're still here and it's like no, I'll have to do it again next year because we didn't really get to where we wanted to so you run like hell again for another year and that seems to be the approach to actually uh, business in inverted commas uh, that people take so um, it's good to see that you guys are normal <laughs> <laughs> and and yet getting some great results you know growing a business heaps of work um, lots more employees, so creating opportunity for a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, guys. If you had an intention for the business or a desire for yourselves like over the next few years, what do you think that would be? What does that look like? I'd like Dave to have weekends off. And there you go, mate. There's a challenge for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have a Saturday and Sunday of no work. Yep. Um, I'd like. I suppose I'd like to take the company where I can actually disappear without telling anyone, just not turn up Monday, and then they realise by Friday I'm still not here. Um, <laughs> that would be a great where the company I know will just keep churning over. So I think the, we're talking about maybe more hitting the joinery arm mm. side of it because there's a lot of project manager companies and stuff like that that need joiners and stuff like that. So I'm trying to structure it 
so I can just disappear for a week. Not saying I will, but mm. yep. I think it'd be good. So I don't always need to be there every single day and on weekends. And Yep, yep. So what do you think would be one of your biggest challenges in doing that? What would have to change the most? I'd have to let go a little bit more and let people, what I'm paying them to do to do that. Um, Taryn's smirking wide. That's pretty interesting. How we go with that answer? <laughs> 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 he passed. You did well, mate. Well done. That was uh, unscripted. I suppose it's a way people make stuff, and it's not the way I'll I would have done it. But I've just, in as long as it is to our core thing of detail and quality, it's it's not my way, but that'll still be fine. And so I've got to stop walking out of the office and making a big whirlwind in my factory and getting everyone on offside and <laughs> making them redo stuff. But, mm. yeah, I just definitely got to let people do their own job. And I've got my job title there, what I've, what I've got to do. Because every time I help people out with their job, I realise at the end of the day I haven't actually started my job. And then that's where the weekends and yep. nights come nights in. Nights and weekends, yeah. So you're yep. doing two or three jobs instead of just yours. Yep. And, and- and probably stopping people from developing and learning and growing into those roles as well. Yeah. Putting words in your mouth here, mate. Yeah. And worrying about it all weekend and asking him on Monday. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did that two days ago. And I was like, well, I didn't need to think about that then. So I've yeah. just got to trust that they're doing their job. That's a good point, mate. That whole uh, worrying about what other people should be doing and they've actually done it. Or, they're, they're, you know, you've got a reasonably good team by the sounds of it. So they yep. probably do a pretty good job most of the time. Would that be fair? Oh, probably 90%, 95% of the time, so... Okay. <laughs> so we should just beat you over the head with the microphone stand now. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, <laughs> beat you just need to tape him to his office chair <laughs> and go, right, you know what, he will feed you, yep. you stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've banned clients from their businesses before <laughs> just to prove to them that it'll run okay without them, so maybe we have to do that with you, mate, lock yeah. you out. And I'll get easily distracted, which I'd like walking around the factory and for no reason. And Procrastinating, uh-huh. some may call it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. So it sounds like Taryn's really just lined you up for this episode, mate, yep. <laughs> so that we can just haze you on air and she's just going to play this back to you on repeat. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah pretty cool. much. <laughs> it's taken me seven years to get this. <laughs> yeah, right. And so what do you think, I mean, you've had some great growth. What do you think's been the key to your success? You say, you know, you've always got work coming in, it grows every year. What's the, the key behind that, do you think? Uh, I think of definitely our pricing. Our pricing's always been pretty... On the money, yeah. uh, I think our easy, we're easy company to work with. I'm not really fussed about too much. Like I've, I'll say I can definitely get it done, and then we've just got to make it happen, which has led me into some troubles before. But we've always made what we needed to do. We haven't let anyone clients down. Uh, I think we've got a good quality what we produce. Um, I think Dave's really good with people. Um, the client, he's you know good with client relationships like you said you're easy to get along with so that makes um working with us quite easy and also your um i think we put ourselves out there a bit marketing wise probably Mm -hmm. um but yeah so the combination of that kind of marketing push but then also day's relationship with other people and then the word of mouth um i think is the way that we've continued to grow yeah definitely word of mouth same builders um we haven't really landed a massive client like around Australia client, but we'll still work on that, and I think the time will come for that. And so what kind of marketing do you do for the business? 
Um, so at the moment we do we're doing a fair bit of social media this year, and that seems to have um, been working really well for us. Um, so we do a lot of LinkedIn. We're getting a lot of leads from LinkedIn. Um, we did an Instagram campaign back in June, which won us a shop, which was a very wow, nice excellent. surprise for um, you know zero dollar outlay. It's only my time. Um, we we won a florist shop out of that, which was pretty cool, and it's a lovely looking fit out. So good for marketing purposes. Um, and that's really interesting. People don't see go. Oh, I don't get their return on investment into mm. social media and directly there. Especially Instagram. Especially Instagram, which yep. I'm a big fan of. I love it. <laughs> just because of the visual aspect of it, especially for this industry. Yep. Uh, it's great to hear that, you know, you're getting success out of it. And I, Because we have done a Marketing for Tradies episode. Mm, episode 85 with Kim O'Gorman. Yes, so. I listened to that one. <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> and also we've done a LinkedIn one as well, yeah, yeah. Warwick, yep. which is... Oh, that's an episode number I'll look at now. <laughs> Yeah, so it's great to see you're getting some results on social media. Yeah, and so and um, I guess from a personal point of view, social media is an easier thing for me to manage from home. We've got three small children, yeah. um, so it's a way that I can keep up the marketing face of the company while still being at home, looking after them, um, doing all that type of thing. And then I guess the other – we've done um, – direct mails and, you know, direct uh, mail outs and all those type of things, but they've never really been as successful as um, Dave calling up a retail designer and saying, hey, do you want to meet for a coffee or... Um, mm, the direct and, approach. To yeah. Yep. So, and that's such a m- much more of a soft sell, um, but only something we've become comfortable with in the last couple of years, maybe. We're actually happy to call people and, you know, I think we've got a good understanding now of what we do and to sell it and um, then we form that relationship and get leads that way as well. And it's interesting, you know, it's really, really important that you have probably hated doing it and you had to do it a few times before you got comfortable with it, but now you're comfortable with it. Yeah, so no. We're probably yeah, never comfortable with it. No, but no, it's, but I suppose I'm comfortable with what we produce and that's it. with my skill levels and so I'm not, You've it's got not confidence. hard to sell my product, yeah. product. it's just putting making the time to have coffee with people. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting that you've got confidence in the business and what you produce. So actually telling other people about that isn't so hard after all. So you really got to believe in your product and what you do. And those soft sell cold calls or however you approach potential partners or resellers or customers, it's just so important to have that belief in what you're doing because then the process will be heaps easier. Yeah, 100%. Episode 42 was the LinkedIn, uh, I feel like a bingo announcer, <laughs> 42, 40, uh, anyway. Uh, so uh, we're talking a bit about sales and forming connections and everything. Do you have a, a sales process? It doesn't have to be documented, but what sort of process do you follow uh, when you get inquiries, either from, I guess, uh, you know, the consumers themselves or more specifically potential alliances, builders, those sorts of people? very ad hoc at the moment (laughs) Um, so last year when I was I guess I was working closer with Dave because I was doing more of the books and all of the office side of things and I was also getting all of his emails so every time I would get an email I would update the database but now I don't get his emails anymore which is fantastic but um, that's a new system we've got to put in place that I I know I am missing some leads like when we we get tenders and that type of thing Um, so yeah at the moment it is a little bit um, yeah, ad hoc, yeah, okay. I would say. But um, I would like to think that, yeah, we get, you know, we get an inquiry. It's generally, we tend to direct everything to Dave's mobile. Um, so he deals with a lot of it um, directly. Yeah, and right. then it's up to you then to jot it down in your diary, send yourself an email reminder, 
all mm. those type of things. And then work his magic. Yeah, we put a lot of close leads on to our whip um, every week and we go through that and then I'll try to organise times to meet new potential clients and, mm. uh, yeah, just pretty much we don't do a lot, I suppose. <laughs> it's It's funny, though, listening to you guys. I mean, I get a sense that you have quite high standards or Taryn does anyway uh, <clears throat> but uh, sorry Dave but you're sort of standing there saying oh we don't really do much of this and we don't do a very good job of that and yet based on what Michaela and I see out there with with our tradie brethren is you guys are doing a hell of a lot more than most and part of the reason we love to do these real tradie stories interviews is uh, it's, it's good teaching for our listeners but I like businesses like you to realise that you are actually doing a hell of a lot of stuff and you've created a great foundation that with a, with a few tweaks and a little bit extra, it's kind of that 10%, you can really knock it out of the park with some of those simple things. So, um, yeah, you shouldn't downplay the work that you have done because uh, it's the same on the business side as it is uh, on, I guess, the trade side, Dave, where you're proud of your work, you know, you're probably pretty anal about quality and those sorts of things, and that's partly how you've built your reputation. But, uh, you know, with the business side of things, you guys are doing a lot of that same sort of stuff, so... It's good to see. Yeah, and I mean, growing to a 12-person business is, yeah. you know, in you don't seven do that years, by accident. that's it. So. Yeah. Thank you. So, it is, it is yeah, nice to get, and yeah, Dave definitely needs a pat on the back, um, you know, a lot of the time to to keep going as well sometimes. Yeah. It, it does get a yeah, bit overwhelming. Yeah. So it is nice to know that, oh, yeah, okay, we are providing 12 people in our local community with incomes and, yep. yeah, it is you, nice to know. You'd like to think that giving up your weekends has been uh, for something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been, it's been good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a right. knowing look from Taryn. It's like uh, we're going to talk about that afterwards. But <laughs> so, how's it been growing a business and having a family as well? Because I think you've got a young family. So, how have you found that juggling act? Um, particularly you, Taryn. You know, you were involved in the business, and you've had to kind of let that go because the kids kind of need to be fed and things. Um, and I know I struggled with that a lot. So, how have you found that? You know, um, yeah, it's been tough. So I went on maternity leave, and then we had. So our daughter was born in June, and then in June two thousand and eight, and then the business started in September two thousand and eight. So I thought I'd have so much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be working. It'll be fine. You know, I'll look after the baby and do the books, and you know, yep. all that time entering bills, do the pays, um, and then obviously realizing it was. Um, a lot more than that. So we did Dave's builder's license with, you know, a one-week-old baby. I think when we had our third baby, um, like it was the – I had him in the morning, and I think that afternoon I was calling the plumber to check on the taps for the <laughs> medical centre that trying to hang out the window at the hospital because I got in the reception and I'm there. <laughs> I may have suggested, could you get a taxi home because I'm in court in the middle of a oh, job site. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you said, I'll just drive into reception. I'll leave the um, I'll leave the car there. It still had the tool trailer on the back. You'll be right to get him in. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, so it's been yeah, it's been tough, but I think we're both a bit um, head down, bum up kind of people. You just got to get in there and do it. And the kids have been lucky to, ha- you know, I've been lucky to be home with them. Um, yeah. So you know, as much as the business is a pain in the bum sometimes and a big stress in the bigger picture, it has you know, I don't know, yeah. you know, there aren't a lot of families that can have um, you know the mum at home mm. most of the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, but I sometimes I think Dave misses out on a lot as well with work. Um, there was a stage where our daughter was in kindy and her whole kindy portfolio, Dave's not in it. 
she just drew a three-person family, me. <laughs> if that was me, our younger son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I don't know. I think that's why our focus now is, you know, so our kids are seven, five and two. We need to, um, you know, we're at that fun stage. Yep. Yep. Babies yep. is a little bit, I guess, more, you know, typically the mum's yeah, um, yeah. time. But now the kids are... Yeah, know. and I think what we're doing now is putting the right people in the right position because I have zero business sense mm. at all. Like, I, I Taryn wrote most of my emails for the first year because I didn't even know how to write an email. Um, but now... I'm I'm a little I'm getting better at the office stuff and the quoting and estimating, but the people I've got around us is it's making it easier. Yep. Uh, and maybe we should have done that years ago, yep. but I just don't know that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm just going to interject here because I can't let it pass. You're going to interject as well. And yes. Go for it. You have lots of business sense. I don't say you have zero business sense. You've built this amazing business. So, and like we said before, employed people. So, mm. don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> or is that Taryn's fault? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have a lot of business sense and be proud of it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, it, I'm just going to let it pass. But, but there is a perception that, um, and, and obviously we talk to lots of tradespeople there seems to be this really persistent idea that oh, I don't know anything about business and we can be standing there talking to someone like you guys uh, with, I don't know what your turnover is, but I suspect it's it's significant, you know, seven figures or something, but uh, that have that have built this huge business, they've got, you know, 10 to 15 to even 20 employees and standing there saying, oh, I don't know that much about business. Like, really? Wow, well, if you didn't know much about, you know, driving a car, you probably wouldn't survive on the roads for very long. So, you know, you're still here, you've been, you've, You've got through the one year, three year, five year um, timeframes where businesses usually fall over. Um, yeah, sure, there's things you could do better, and the same goes for our listeners. But I think we all have to get much better at at giving ourselves that pat on the back and saying, "Well, actually, we've done pretty good in these areas." So uh, yeah, it's a good pick up, Michaela. Thank you. We'll, we'll just beat you with the microphone stand yeah. a bit more, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in and a so positive way. In yeah. a positive way. <laughs> So we do have a lot of um, husband-wife teams that we know listen. So what do you guys do to, or maybe you don't do it, to, you know, not kill each other when you're working in the business <laughs> and at home? Do you have, like, date nights or not allowed to talk about work time or anything like that? Or maybe you should put some in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I think that's why Taryn left the business a year ago. It was just it was getting too much. That's all we ever talk about is work. Yeah. Um, so Taryn just does marketing, advertising for us, and we, I'm a bit more on top of the office side of stuff with uh, Christy that's on board with us, and yeah. so there's not really a lot that I need to. I normally used to tell, ask Taryn, oh, "Have you done this for me, or have you ordered the sinks for this?" Yeah. And so a lot of that is pretty much gone now. So we don't spend a lot of time talking about work. It's more what are we doing with work is probably the more conversations yep. we're having now. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we, again, for those, so six years, I guess, we were, we just did what we had to do and there were, you know, the, of course, there have been some fights and disagreements, but generally I think we both know it's for the greater good and well, work, work really has taken priority, I guess, and we're both, because we're of that similar mindset, um, mm. It just kind of get in there and do it. Really, we try and like last last year we had 
to Sydney for two nights by ourselves for like the first time ever since having kids. So that was nice. Did and you just like sit in the hotel room looking at each other going, <laughs> what do we so, do now? <laughs> what do we do now? Do we go out to dinner or should like, we just go to bed early? It was like five o'clock and I'm like, shan't the kids to be bathed or dinner get made or <laughs> what do people do at this hour of the day? They <laughs> <laughs> so went and yeah, had a drink. Was, it was lovely. Yeah, no, it was good. I've got some quieting to do, honey. You know, <laughs> you just go downstairs and I'll come after you. <laughs> and I'll just note that was last year. We're now in October. So yes. maybe it's due again. Well, we've yeah. got our 10-year wedding anniversary next month. So we're going to um, – we're going away with the kids, but yet we take uh, – when are we going? Thursday to Sunday. So we've got four days – four, oh, four days off. Yeah, we've double, doubled the time away. <laughs> yeah. Might be a week next year we can get them. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to uh, check back in with you guys <laughs> and stretch it out to like six days. In my head, I'm still working Thursday morning because I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> just giving you another one of those. Looks like, really? You didn't tell me that. <laughs> you just have to tell him that you're actually leaving Wednesday. So that he can get yeah. Wednesday in his head and <laughs> actually yeah. on Thursday. Yeah. So just give him a day. Yeah, yeah that's not going to work now. So um, I think we said before we hit record with chatting with you, Taryn, about hindsight. Um, mm. if, you could, if you could sort of go back and do anything differently, is there anything you'd change about your business journey? I'm not sure. It's a tough one because everything we've done has got us to today. But I don't know what we really could have done differently because we didn't have the money to employ people so Dave had to work hours and hours um, I'm not sure what would you I'll leave that one to you Dave <laughs> just flick past that one to you mate may have put people in the office a bit quicker I think instead of I think being on the tools quoting at night and I would I've list, I would have missed a lot of stuff over the years so I think if I had my time again I'd probably put someone that really knew what they were doing in the office with scheduling and the working out profitability and seeing where we were doing really well and where we weren't doing so well and yeah. trying to fix that. I think I would have missed a lot doing 80-hour weeks on the tools and mm. quoting at 3 o'clock in the morning. I think it's that would be yeah probably the only thing I'd change. Yeah, I'd change that one too if I was <laughs> quoting at 3 a.m., mate. I, I don't know how you do that. Like, how do you stay awake and focused and actually do all the detail stuff and not... Well, the phone out? doesn't ring at that time of the day, so I find <laughs> I can get a good good block in there. I still every, still every now and then I'll go to work at 4, yep. and I got from 4 till 6.30 before I get a phone call. or So I definitely get a lot of stuff done mm. at that time of day. So maybe it's not a message we want to reinforce, but for anybody listening that if, you, if you're sort of saying, oh, I just don't have time to get everything done, are you getting up at 3 a.m. at the moment? Because if not, you've got more time. <laughs> that's, that's Dave's secret no to success. <laughs> Sleep is for wimps. That's right. You're pretty hard on yourself. <laughs> so one question we like to ask all our guests is if you had a 1,000 tradies in the room, what would be the one piece of advice you'd like to give them? And you both get an answer here. Well, I'll jump in there, um, and I think just give it a go. That's pretty much all we um, – I think every good tradie will go out on his own or her own at some point, um, and I think you've just got to jump in. Um, you know, we we jumped in with a newborn – but with, you know, pregnant with a newborn baby, with um, no factory, nothing, no money, um, but – I don't know if it's if you find a way to make it work, it will work, and just just give it a go. I think yeah, you're not going to sit back and 
we have no regrets about starting the business, even if it doesn't end up being, you know, even if it closes in two years' time or whatever. Um, we've got no regrets. I suppose with me, as well, I'm still learning, I think I'm very unorganised and procrastinate a lot. So I don't. you don't have to work every Saturday, but in my head I'm working every Saturday because that's the thing I've done for the last seven years. So I think if you can be organised, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to get everything done in your five five day a week yeah so i i think that's where i spent half my saturdays is if i actually did what i was supposed to do during the week i wouldn't be working saturdays so i think it's about organization and delegating tasks to other people instead of trying to take it on your own self to do it um that's my um not saying I do that at all, but that's where yeah, I'm yeah, heading. Yeah. In my headspace, that'd be the best way to do it. <laughs> oh, we give out lots of advice that we don't follow. <laughs> Great. So if people want to find out more about you or get in contact for work, how can they go about that? I think if they just head to the website, so thomasjoinery.com.au. Um, and also if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle's uh, thomasjoinery.shopfitting, um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is Dave Thomas. We're also on there as a company page. Um, I think that's everything. Great to have you both on the show. It's always nice to have people actually come into the studio and not do it over Skype. And uh, and look, big well done again on what you've achieved. Um, you're both quite young. You know, you've got a young family as well. Um, Dave's a procrastinator, so you've done well to get this far. But uh, but yeah, you have kicked some amazing goals, guys. And uh, really look forward to seeing what uh, what's in store for the next few years for uh, Thomas Joinery as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, guys. And another great real tradie story there with the guys from Thomas Joinery. And my biggest takeaway from that was certainly the importance of getting off the tools and having systems in place to grow your business. Yeah, letting go. Yep. It's, it's uh, Dave had the, the most guilty grin on his face <laughs> when he said that, is just letting go. And it's a thing with most of us in business in particular. It's not limited to tradies. Most of us in small to medium business, the entrepreneurial types, we're control freaks because that's how we got it to happen in the first place. But to grow beyond that where it's just me, we really have to learn to let go more. Otherwise, we're stuck doing the 100-hour weeks. Yeah, and as he realized, you know, it may not have been the way that he'd done it, but it was still done good enough for the the company and it got the job done. The customers were okay. Everybody survived. It's so, all good. So we're gonna we're gonna make sure. Hopefully, in twelve months, we can remember to check in with them and see if they've doubled their annual holiday from like four days to eight. Yes, <laughs> It'll be a big ask. But I reckon they can do it. We have faith. Yes, come on, Dave and Taryn, you can do it. Eight days next year. Let's make that the intention. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and if you want to find out more about those guys, make sure to head to Tradies Business Show where all their links will be that they mentioned. And while you're there, also check out the Tradies Business Toolkit, which is just $1 US for the first 30 days. So you can go and have a look. Look at the video training, the private Facebook group, the tools and templates that are all there. And we've got some cool online training coming as well as soon as Warwick pulls his finger out and edits it. Mm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I just, I just too much of a control freak to yeah. delegate it. <laughs> so tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com for more information. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Until next time. Uh, bye. Bye, Haru, and all that Ciao. stuff. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. 
Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.